What's up, everybody? This is episode 68 of the Clappercast. I'm Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sean. Sean, been a bit of a slow week, but uh, coming off that hot episode with uh, the Hockey Minute, how's it going, man? You know, you mentioned the the slow week. I am having a real tough time finding anything to post on Instagram. I'm slowly turning us into a shitty memes page, so <laughs> we got that going for us, at least. <laughs> I'm all about it, but... Uh, we thought it would be a good time to do start doing some uh, off-season rankings because it has been a bit of a slow week, so and it's kind of turning into a slow month almost. So yeah, I mean the um, off-season air quotes here seems to be almost done. No one's really doing much anymore. It's just like draft picks getting their ELCs. So should be should be safe in providing some grades and rankings to the teams here now. Yeah, I mean there's still a few kind of bigger names out there that haven't signed, which might change the the rankings a bit and you know there's always the option of trades and all that sort of stuff so you know these aren't set in stone or anything and maybe we'll have to come back and review some of them but um you know what that just gives us double the content so no complaints (laughs) over here (laughs) yeah make work project so we thought we'd start with the central because it is the epitome of averageness um so let's let's dive straight in and, and go alphabetically here with uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Sean, take it away. So Chicago Blackhawks here, I gave them a solid D-. minus. Um, they did, in my view, literally nothing to improve the team. I think it was Matthias Janmark they brought in. Um, you know, solid depth piece, but considering they also lost Brendan Saad in this offseason, um, they didn't actually improve their forwards at all. They also managed to piss off the entire core of the team by trading away Brendan Saad. So you've now got um, a slightly distraught Taves, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, you know, key guys that have been there for a lot of years. Um, they're now a bit annoyed that that happened. And they also let Corey Crawford walk, and now they're rolling with a Malcolm Subban, Colin Delia goalie tandem. And I'll be honest, I think both of those goalies are borderline backups on any other team, and one of them is going to be a starting goalie in the NHL. So how about how are your thoughts on the Chicago season here? I also gave them a, I gave them a D. I guess I was a little bit nicer in, in this <laughs> because I think a D minus doesn't really exist. <laughs> but it does now. <laughs> yeah, I gave them a D, um, and I really like that point that you made about pissing off the team. Um, Saad and Crawford have been there for some big moments, and you know when Saad came back in that Panarin trade, it was rumored largely because Taves wanted him back and. And now the rumor is that Taves is upset that he's gone and the core is upset that he's gone. And also, um, they sent out that memo, that memo part of me. Did you remember that? That yeah, team memo they, that they spent, sent out to the fans? Yep, they did the same as they the New York that. Rangers did a couple <laughs> years ago, saying like, yep, this is going to be a rough few years here. We're rebuilding now. So it's kind of clear where their motivations yeah, are. Yeah, definitely. And so... I, I agree. I don't think they really made the team better. They brought in Walmart, Yanmark, so that double mark com, you know, combo. Um, they brought in Nikita Zadorov in the Saad trade. They re-signed Dominic Kubalik, which I think is the one shining star of this offseason. So they were able to sign him for a bridge deal. Um, yeah, that, that Subban-Delia combo, I don't know if, if that's going to be super great. Um if if their intention is to tank, I think then their grade is an A because I think this team is going to be pretty uncompetitive next season. 
um, that's a very nice know, way to put that. Some some very insane seasons from like their top six, but I mean, uh, they also lost uh, Olimata and they traded Dylan Sakura for Brandon Peary, which was kind of a you know a one for one trade. Um, yeah, I don't think they got better. I think they kind of made their their players mad. They kind of snuck into playoffs. Had a exciting if you want to see it that way i know you probably don't series against the oilers and snuck a win out and i think fans might be upset that they've gone full rebuild after that um but again it was definitely overachieving taking advantage of a oilers team that has their own issues um so yeah d i think we're kind of in agreement on this one yep sounds like we had about the same argument for that Okay, well, moving from the garbage heap to probably the best in the central, uh, Colorado Avalanche. Um, I gave them an A, um, and this is the team on the receiving end of Brandon Saad, so it's kind of funny that one team is so bad and one team is so good. <laughs> so good. Um, Brandon but Saad, the off-season kingmaker. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, yeah, they brought in Brandon Saad, um, got rid of Nikita Zdorov, um, but they replaced Nikita Zadorov with Devon Taves, which was an absolute unreal pickup for them. I mean, as, as if their blue line didn't need, like, needed to get any better. Um, they've got Nikita Zadorov out, and he kind of had his own defensive struggles. And they've got, like, amazing defensive prospect Bowen Byram waiting in the ranks to, to come in. So I think this is a great move for them. They also re-signed Ryan Graves. Um, they signed uh, Nick Valerie Nichushkin for they extended him, and they also re-signed uh, Andre Burakovsky. Um, Matt Nieto leaving, Vlad Nemestikov leaving. I think this is a good offseason for them. And really, if they did nothing but bring in Devon Taves, I think they still get an A. That's a great move. So what do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. So I gave them a B plus. Um, ultimately, my view of their offseason plan is that they're a good team already. And they're mostly in a holding state of just needing to maintain and make the small tweaks here and there to make to improve that roster. So we saw that when they bring in uh, Brandon Saad to improve the depth scoring and and the forward depth in that way. We see the bringing in Devon Taves, like you said, he's a great defenseman. He's going to be a really solid, probably second pairing defenseman for them, where he's going to be better in that role than Nikita Zadorov was. So. Joe Sackick identified where his team was and he made the small tweaks without giving up too much, without sacrificing a whole lot of um, strengths at other positions to improve what he already has. So that's about as good as you can ask for in a team that's in the position that they are, where they just need to keep making those little tweaks to, to continually advance the team forward. So I end up with a B plus just because there wasn't like a random massive, like they didn't bring in Taylor Hall, you know? That was something that could right. have been talked about that could have put them over the top completely. But they did a very good job of continuing the trajectory of the team as it propels them through um, up to standings and to a likely Stanley Cup final placement or a win. So we're in agreement so far on, on both, which is rare. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we'll move on to the Dallas Stars. Um, so if we're going strictly on jersey reveals, F, for sure, <laughs> not a fan. Do of you that. not like laser tag? <laughs> Neon laser tag. 
It's all good. No, I will not be buying my Haskinen jersey in neon green. Oh, man. I will be buying the victory green jersey. You don't want to hit up a glow-in-the-dark bowling alley? I'm going to go on sale. (laughs) No, (laughs) I do not. Um, Ten-year-old me would have been stoked. um, (laughs) uh, I'll pass it to you for this one on the first. Um, I'm curious as to how you rank them. Um, I gave them a B-. minus. Um, I see them in a very similar position as Colorado, that they just needed to maintain the team's roster because they're clearly very good as they are. Um, they did that just fine. They brought, uh, Ju- they got Julius Honka back. He sat out the last season with a contract dispute. And they retained some key guys like Rupe Hintz, Anton Hudobin, Radek Faxa. They lost Matthias Janmark, but I think they have enough depth forwards that they can cover that, as clearly shown by having all of their depth forwards injured in the playoffs and still doing well. Um, they didn't bring in anybody significant that's going to improve the roster, so they're not doing quite as good whoa, as... Whoa, 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 whoa. Who did I forget? Mark Pissick? Oh, the the versatile forward defenseman. Right D, right wing. You're not saying that that's significant? Come on. He's going to be he's <laughs> gonna be great covering the depth injuries on the team. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, versatile. <laughs> but yeah, they... Uh, compared to Colorado, um, Mark Pissick doesn't match up right. with Devon yeah. <laughs> Taves and Brandon Saad, so... They get a slightly lower okay, grade fair. than Colorado, but they did do exactly what they needed to in maintaining the trajectory of the roster and keeping around the guys who have helped them get there. Yeah, ultimately, I have similar reasons. I gave them a B plus, so I gave Colorado an A. You gave them a B plus. I gave Dallas a B plus. You gave them a B minus. So uh, my curve is a little bit yeah, higher I'm, than I'm yours. The, I'm the tougher grader. <laughs> I also gave Chicago a D instead of a D minus, so I'm just like, you know, a couple <laughs> letter grades above. You wrote you. five to ten percentage um, but, points above me, <laughs> but we're, our pattern is the same, um, which is funny. Um, so yeah, Dallas B plus again. Um, they kind of lacked that big name bring in, but they retained the guys that they needed to. Um, you know, they re-signed Hudobin, which was huge. I think that that's massive. They have him and uh, Bishop signed for three more years, um, so that's amazing for them um they re-signed andre sekera um he looked consistent during the playoffs um that was a um a pretty low risk signing when they signed him and i think it worked out really well for them he had that great play behind the net to kivaranta which was surprisingly (laughs) like where did that come from um so i think you know that was well deserved kept faxa kept garyanov um hints and managed to get Honka back, um, brought in Mark Pizik to, to bring in some depth. Uh, looks like they're going to lose Corey Perry and Roman Polak. So ultimately, um, I think that they stayed about the same. So B+, plus, didn't get significantly worse, didn't lose anyone, sorry, Corey Perry, of, of significant value. <laughs> um, Shots fired. Yeah. Um, I think he fit in really well, but, you know, just the cap situation, they, they kept who they prioritized, and that makes sense. Um, His redemption just, arc is complete. He so doesn't need to stay d- around too much longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just interestingly enough, um, it'll be interesting how we rate them at the end of next offseason because they have Cogliano, Como, Dickinson, Kiviranta, Johns, Oleksiak, Haskinen, Pisic, Fadoon, Honka, and Dowling all with contracts expiring so looking forward to seeing how that goes um which could be a very different stars team 
next season. We'll move along, I guess, uh, to the Minnesota Wildcards. Um, I'll go first. Not a bad name change. Uh, just to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of struggled with this one. Um, I gave them a C- because I didn't really know what else to say. Um, I felt like they were average, but a little bit on the worst side of average. So I gave them a C-. minus. Um, they brought in Nick Bukestad, uh, Jonas Brodeen, extended him seven years, six million. Seems expensive. They traded Marcus Johansson for for Stahl. They brought in Nick, Bene- Nick Benino, traded two picks and Luke Kunin for him, uh, and re-signed Greenway for two years. And they let Alex Galchenyuk go, and they let Nico Koivu go. So I feel like they lost kind of a lot of their identity almost with Koivu and Stahl leaving. And I'm not sure about this random collection of guys <laughs> that they've got <laughs> on their team. It kind of seems like such a, like, by the powers of, like, all of us, we're, we're a team. It's like not patchwork. Like, you know, the, just it's, like, it's, yeah. like, it's like Bill Guerin's making a quilt. <laughs> yeah, that's very poetic. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I just don't see if I can't tell if they got better or worse. So that's right. <laughs> I think I might reserve judgment a little bit until we see uh, how this team does. But it seems like a very weird team. I guess they also lost. Um, their goal, their goaltender, right? Yeah, yeah. They um, replaced Dubnik with Talbot. So, yeah. So again, I don't know. What about what about you, Sean? I ended up with a C minus for them as well. Um, I struggled with this one. <laughs> I it's hard for me to come up with a grade because I still have no idea what Bill Guerin is doing. Uh, like whether or not he's trying to commit to a playoff push or a cup run or whether or not he's doing a rebuild. Like I just cannot figure him out. So his tweaks kind of look like they're leaning towards he wants to continue winning now because he's bringing in a better goalie. He's bringing in experienced depth forwards, uh, you know, proven guys like Nick Benino who have, like, playoff pedigree. And he's giving up a prospect and draft picks for doing that. That being said, none yeah. of this stuff that he did was substantial. And it's, like I said, it's hard to grade against the team's state and status when I can't figure out what he what he's actually trying to achieve. Um. Like you said, uh, the good point about losing identity players and veterans like Nico Koivu and Eric Stahl, um, Koivu especially, him being like a lifer in the Minnesota Wild organization, that he's been there for so long and now he's gone. You know, it's going to be a huge shock to the team's dressing room and the locker room and the morale and the identity of the team to, to lose him. So ultimately, they I feel like the team's a bit worse off, except they did upgrade a bit in goaltending. I think Talbot's a bit better than Dubnik right now. That's a good point. I don't really know what Bill Guerin's doing either, and maybe that's his strategy, is well, the Minnesota Wild <laughs> I was just going to say, if, you, you called him the Wild If he doesn't know what he's doing, neither <laughs> does, does anybody else in the Central. Chaos. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's going to be tough to compete for a playoff spot, I think, um, in this division for Minnesota. Um, yeah, so I guess we're. this is where we meet. Um, I'm curious to see if we diverge at this point or if we stay the same in our rankings. Um, so we'll move on to the Nashville Predators. Um, this is the second time where we've had uh, a trade where 
back to back we rate them. Um, so Luke Kunin went to Nashville in that uh, Nick Benino trade. Okay, well, for the Nashville Predators, I settled on a solid C of completely average. I I see this Predators team right now is in there's there's in this weird state of limbo and uncertainty where I feel like especially in their division they're just past a cup window with like Colorado and Dallas taking over but they're not quite in rebuild territory and what David Poyle seems to be trying to do is just to maintain that he's maintaining that kind of average mediocrity in the hopes that the last season was a bit of an underperformance a bit of a struggle or a slump for his forwards because ultimately that's kind of what did them in was the complete lack of offense from guys like Forsberg, uh, who struggled quite a bit through that year. Um, they mostly brought in a few depth guys, notably um, Borvietsky and Matt Benning and Luke Kunin. They're going to help out. They're going to provide a bit, you know, a bit of a stronger presence in the bottom, the bottom half of the lineup. Um, ultimately, their best move of the offseason was getting Yaroslav Askarov in the draft, the highly touted goalie prospect who's supposed to be like the next, you know, Vasilevsky, best sense Carey Price, that type of guy. So that's going to be a huge one moving forward as Pekarine is starting to hit the twilight of his career. And, you know, UC Saros is good, but it's nice to have another uh, another high-end goalie in the pipeline like that. I had the exact same rating. Whoa. C. Our paths stay because on the same trajectory. Yeah, two in a row. Um, yeah, it seemed like it was completely average. Um, I think they have a bit of cap space left, so maybe they're trying to make a last minute push for some of the ufas that are still out there like mike hoffman i was gonna say mike hoffman um, they kind of free up an interesting um, addition yeah they free up a forward spot by buying out kyle turris to bring in someone who might be able to score a little bit more and address some of the issues from last season in mike hoffman yeah if offense was their problem and you know roman yossi can't score every goal for them um i think that they might be looking at bringing somebody in i think maybe they lost out on some of the big names um and are now trying to fill that spot um because yeah they bought out kyle turris got rid of nick bonino craig smith too so um they're probably going to be looking to replace that secondary scoring especially if their primary scoring struggled a lot last season um but i mean they got a, a head coach that's going to be having his first full season with the team um so We'll see how that happens. Um, but yeah, c kind of a completely average offseason. I mean, if I was a fan, I don't know if I'd be happy or disappointed. Um, I would be neutral. I don't know. Yeah, kind of a very I would. I wouldn't cheer or be <laughs> mad. <laughs> that being said, yeah. though, an interesting thought is that you know, David Poyle's been the GM there for, like, their entire history, so he's coming up on, like, 20-plus years, 23 or 24 years or something. You know, if if this team, or when this team kind of goes down into rebuild, is that time to replace him? Does he kind of find himself on the hot seat if Nashville struggles again next season? I would say so, yeah. I think his, like, his career has been kind of, like, helping set up teams. So he did that with Washington, too, where he came in and he really reset the franchise and kind of saved it from folding essentially from being such a tire fire and then came into Nashville and has been like constant stability like lots of good moves um so I think yeah eventually it doesn't work out I think he's got to move on um and I could see that being sooner rather than later based on just how close they've gotten and how they seem to be getting a little bit further away from that than they were uh so yeah we're both in agreement that they were Nashville Predators just the symbol of mediocrity 
C for central. There we go. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's move on to the St. Louis Blues. We talked to the Hockey Minute guys about this, and they both gave them some pretty negative scores, and I'm curious as to see how we line up on this. Um, you went first for Nashville, so I'll go first on this one. Uh, I gave them a C- minus um, because, yeah, I agree with the Hockey Minute guys that uh, Petrangelo was a huge part of that team and that uh, getting rid of your captain always sucks, but I also really like Tori Krug, and I think that he's a great player and brings a totally different part of just that excitement to the game, I guess. Um, he seems like a guy that in Boston really enjoyed like the big minutes, like the the big moments. He's just got a lot of big-time goals, big-time plays, play on the power play, um, got a good shot, um, can skate. Um, had that exciting uh, play in the playoffs against St. Louis where he hit uh, Robert Thomas without a helmet on. And <laughs> and uh, they had that great Twitter back and forth where did we just become best friends <laughs> that moment. Um, he's got a great social media game. He used to poke fun a lot at Brad Marchand. Um, I think he's going to be a good addition to St. Louis because, I mean, St. Louis is a good team, and I think everybody knows that. But... To me, I've never really felt like they've had that huge personality, and maybe that's part of Petrangelo. I don't know. Maybe that's like, you know, that that stoic, like professional kind of guy. Um, but I think Tori Krug might bring in a little bit more of that like fun energy. So I'm excited to see what that happens. Bit in of bit of swagger out of their back end now. Yeah, and I mean, I maybe I'm just, you know, too big on Tori Krug, but I think that the they didn't have the worst off season just losing Petrangelo and you know if the guy wanted more money like did he really want to stay in St. Louis that bad if he wants to win and doesn't think he's going to win again in St. Louis well whatever we'll bring in a guy who wants to be here so what do you think um I actually gave them a d that generally looking at looking at the offseason moves they didn't really do anything to actually improve the team and then I agree with um, with Brandon from the Hockey Minute when he said, like, they lost their captain, they lost their best defender, they lost, like, kind of this central identity piece of their team who's been there for a decade plus, and then they replaced him with Tory Krug, who is good, like you say. He's not a bad defenseman. He's a legit top-pairing defenseman, but he's not Alex Petrangelo. He's not as quite the type of defenseman that Petrangelo was. So I see that as a bit of a downgrade. And, you know, looking at what else they brought in, it's like, bunch of death guys like Kyle Clifford and Steven Santini and a few other players who aren't actually going to make the team much better. Um, they also downgraded, in my opinion, in backup goalie, and they didn't bring anyone else in when they got rid of Jake Allen, and they're replacing him with um, Vili Husso. Now, last year we saw potentially Jordan Binnington getting shaky or solved by opposing teams, and if Binnington gets solved or shaky again next season, they have a rookie backup goalie who might have to come in and take on 20, 30 games, you know, that could be an issue when you're playing in, in the central division against Colorado against, you know, Winnipeg against Dallas who have high powered offensive capabilities. Yeah. And that's going to be really important this season because it's going to be compressed. So um, your backup is going to be a very important part of your team because 
you're going to be playing probably back to backs a lot um and so yeah that could, that could come that could be a definite factor um in a competitive division um yeah i mean i agree with those um i just think that they ultimately they did get worse but not to the degree that i think a lot of people are are thinking i mean Trangelo was there for a long time, but they've got some great defenders in, um, you know, Vince Dunn. Um, they've got uh, Bertuzzo, Bertuzzo Gunnarsson. Um, and then yeah. what's his name? The guy who sounds like he's Ukrainian, but he's actually Canadian. Pareko. Pareko. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pareko is an absolute stud. So I think, you know, if you look at that decor, yeah, it gets a little bit worse. But, oh, yeah. It's... Um, it's, it's still, still really good. pretty insane. And, you know, Petrangelo is is an all-around great defenseman. Um, but bringing in Krug, I think, makes your blue line a bit more dynamic. Um, I think him and he can really show Vince Dunn how to play that way because that's kind of how Vince Dunn came into the league. And so that's a good point. I think that... Take um, on a mentorship role with, with yeah, Dunn. Yeah, I think you, uh, um, you'll have Pareko be like kind of that steady guy and crew can be the more dynamic guy so i think i think there's a lot to be excited about for blues fans um and yeah they did get a little bit worse but it's not it's not uh you know apocalyptic we shouldn't we shouldn't be pushing the panic button quite yet yeah that's definitely but it is a really good point about the goaltending i think maybe they should i don't know who's available but maybe they should look at getting some sort of backup because uh you're totally right on that not to say that Vili Husso is going to be a bad goalie. It's just it's the unproven rookie aspect of it. That's like, is he going to be good enough for what we need for for a team that's going to be competing for another cup? Yeah, and I mean, there was like a million goalies available, so I'm sure that there's still somebody out there looking for a deal. I mean, hey, what about like Craig Anderson? <laughs> like, just bring in some guy who's, you know, looking for a one year deal. Um, somebody like that, you know, just maybe play him like I don't know. 20 games or something like depending on how long the season is i guess just 20 25 30 whatever there's some there's going to be somebody available is basically what i'm saying yeah um okay so we're i'm, I'm kind of i was kind of surprised on that one um that we're not so far off on that so we'll, we'll move along to the last team in the division here with the winnipeg jets so uh sean uh, what are your thoughts on how Winnipeg has done this offseason? For Winnipeg, I settled on a C+. Um, they had a few very crucial needs on that roster, and they kind of addressed one of them, um, bringing back Paul Stastny from, from Vegas. Um, they, they didn't address at all the need for defense or the potential need for a backup goalie. Uh, that defense, like we talked about this a lot over the last season, that they're just not good, and we saw how badly they perform generally in in giving Connor Hellebuck the chance to win the Vesnoa trophy and the only change from last <laughs> year is that they re-signed Dylan DeMello and they acquired him at the trade deadline and that's basically they're running with the same group of guys unless um uh Vili Hainola is going to be able to take gone. a big step forward and that lose Kulikov so that's kind of like yeah it's it's about the same and they didn't bring in anyone or even address that at all so they also lost a good D prospect in Carl Dahlstrom, too, when they traded him for Stastny. Um, the other thing is, like, Hellebuck's career trend is that he has a really good year followed by a bad year. So he just had his good year, 
And if that trend is to be followed, he's done this a couple of times where he goes good year, bad year, good year, bad year. He's gonna not have he's gonna have an off season this year. And Laurent Brassois had a good start with Winnipeg, but he hasn't been able to maintain that. And like you mentioned, this point about uh, the the need for a good backup goalie, talking about St. Louis's situation, Winnipeg's going to need that too, where they have someone who can step in and potentially have to play a few more games. And Brassois was not able to do that in the uh, 1920 season. Uh, Laurent Brassois is that old? <laughs> He's played in the 1920s? <laughs> <laughs> Did I say 1920s or 1920 season? <laughs> you said 1920 season, but you know, okay, <laughs> that's a long time ago, Sean. <laughs> it was. Um, it was a solid 10 yeah, decades ago. Um, I was a little harsher on the Jets. I gave them a D. Um, D for defense because they didn't <laughs> bring anybody in, and I think it was such a stark, like it was such a glaring hole in the lineup that they needed to bring somebody in, and they didn't. They let Kulikov go. Yeah, they re-signed DeMello, which was a good move. Um, brought in Stasny, but I really think that they needed to bring somebody in on the on the blue line. Um, I think it was just such a, such a missed opportunity if they don't bring anybody in, because it's like they need they need to bring somebody in. They can't run like a, a, a blue line of Morrissey, DeMello, Pionk, Beaulieu, Derek Forbort, Lucas Biza, and Tucker Pullman, and then Sammy Niku, I guess, as the the bump guy, and Yuli Hainola. It's just, ugh. That's not looking competitive. You, uh, you raised some valid criticism, especially that missed opportunity point, that um, they could have they had, had a chance to make an impact, but they didn't. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're looking to bring in some of the the pending UFAs. I just I don't think they can really with the, the cap space that they don't have anymore. Well, um, this is this is where we go back to that discussion we had about the Patrick Line situation, where he his his camp might want to trade. So does Patrick Line become the trade bait for you know a solid top four? top four even top pairing defenseman yeah that's actually on my list here is just line a question mark um because it's like <laughs> that's that in and of itself is a bad offseason it's just like one of your star players is not and not just rumored to want out it's just like actively looking to, <laughs> to get out of there now with his agent saying a trade would be mutually beneficial it's like oh okay well i guess we have to shop this guy now um yeah i mean Bringing in Stasny's at like six point something mil per year. I'm not sure if any of that was retained. Probably not. Uh, Vegas. I, oh Doesn't wait, look like it. He, he signed. He didn't trade, right? Uh, it was it was signed. He uh, it was a trade. He signed. He had been signed. Okay, so I mean that's a lot of money for a 34 year old forward that they could have used on, you know, a D man or two, um, but. I mean, maybe well, I mean, six point five is what Tory Krug went for. Yeah. So they probably could have brought in two. Instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, like Hamanich is available, Manitoba guy. If they make some magic happen, if they trade Line A and like free up some cap space, maybe they could bring in a guy like him. That would be a. I think that would be a good move. Um, they might even I mean, be able to now because they're going to have Ryan Little going on LTIR to free up a couple million as well. Right. Um, I think Hamanich, um, and then Sammy Vatanen 
are probably the biggest names available m- still uh, for blue line players. I don't think Vatnin would be as good of a fit considering they have Pionk and Morrissey who can kind of play the power play already. Um, but, I mean, maybe they go crazy and sign like Chara. <laughs> Just bring in bring in Zidino Chara. Why not? That could be an interesting <laughs> one. Jets legend. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, D for the Jets because it's literally D question mark because it's like, where are they? Where did where where in this defense, Winnipeg? Gotta bring him in. So I'm a, I'm gonna stay with that D unless they bring in some sort of defenseman because it's just I don't think the the team is built in a way to be successful. And with the season they just had, and you're totally right, like the defense that they had allowed Hellebuck to win the Vezina, <laughs> not because they were insanely great, um, because they had a lot of scoring opportunities that came <laughs> They were up. so bad that Hellebuck had to make 7,000 high-danger saves a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no so exaggeration think, at all. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I think that, yeah, they did not do very well. Well, we were a lot closer than I thought. Normally, we're pretty far apart on our, our ratings and how we expect things to go and uh i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have closer. to uh start working on the collusion case here yeah we were doing our research together not separate yeah in our playoff predictions though we were kind of starting to to be more in tune so <laughs> maybe that's the new pattern on the on the show is just just one opinion no yeah no <laughs> No conflict. Two, two heads with sides. one opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The think tank is real. Uh, well, um, I guess next next week's episode we'll probably move on to the Pacific. Hey. Yeah, sure. We'll do the Pacific next week. Round out the Western Conference, and then uh, we'll Western we'll bias. follow up with uh, the Atlantic and the Metro. Nope. I think uh, that wraps things up for this time here on Claffercast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to our show on any podcast platform, and spread around the good word of Claffercast. To keep up to date with the latest content, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. And from there, you can also tell us how far off we are on the off-season grades. We will be back next time with more hockey talk. Uh-huh.